Think back to your junior high school years. What were your highlights and your accomplishments? Today's guest was introduced to running by his elementary school's PE coach who organized a daily run and jog for his students. Being somewhat socially awkward, this young man spent his lunch hour running laps and eventually logging over 60 miles as a sixth grader. Before moving on to high school, he finished his eighth grade year by writing his own training plan for and completing the Eugene Marathon. He spent his high school years on the Dean's List, maintaining a near 4.0 GPA, and managed to establish himself as a respectable 3K runner in track and field, as well as cross country, completed several other marathons, and finished two 24-hour runs, each time passing 100K. He earned himself an academic full-ride scholarship to college, where he is now, saving money for his first home with the goal of graduating on time, debt-free, and in control of his future. That PE teacher, incidentally, was none other than the guest from episode 28, the king of FKTs, Jason Hardrath. And the student and today's guest is Chris Eck, a truly humble and inspirational young man with whom I was honored to spend a Saturday afternoon speaking with. So if you're ready for the show, crank it up and let's go. Welcome to the Athlinks Podcast. I am your host, Troy Bousseau, coming to you from springtime in Colorado. It is May 1st, 2021, and this is episode 41. How's it going, Chris? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's early here on a Saturday afternoon, and Chris Eck joins us. He was kind enough to make some time on a Saturday. We've been trying to hook up the last couple of days, but life gets in the way, as it always does. And so I broke off from a sprinkler repair session to to jump in and have this, uh, what I think will be a very intriguing conversation. So welcome officially to the show. <laughs> Thank you. So you were brought to uh, my attention from a former guest, uh, Jason Hardrath, the king of FKTs, uh, <laughs> not just not just a and FKT or but the actual king of them. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run down your bio that he gave me a little bit. So, <clears throat> um, so in eighth grade, after looking at a bunch of uh, very scientific terms, you wrote your own training plan, which then you followed to run the Eugene Marathon in middle school. Uh, you became a very respectable 3K runner at the state level, and I'm looking at your PRs. You are indeed a respectable 3K runner. Uh, multiple marathon finisher in high school, uh, a couple of 24-hour runs in high school, each time passing 100K. Uh, only Bonanza Middle School student to ever run a marathon, and uh, uh, I would assume that probably still holds. You're a Dean's List student, maintained a pretty well 4.0 throughout. Uh, future Business Leaders of America, involved in robotics, full-ride scholarship in college, uh, and now you are on on a path to home ownership, as maybe we'll talk a little bit about and stuff. So uh, a little bit of a, of a self-starter, overachiever, uh, promising young man. Anything else you want to add to that? That's a pretty good list. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. We've jumped over to a to the phone from the computer, and we are back here. So let's let's go back to um, so in, in eighth grade. You know, did I assume you'd been you know on the cross country team or PE or whatever the organized running was at the moment, and you had this idea of of um, uh, I mean, did you did you start out wanting to run a marathon? Is that where that came from, or were you just kind of like 
interested in the science of training? So where it like first uh, came about was like in sixth grade, uh, I came over from uh, Gearheart School. It was just a small little school. It only had like 20 kids in the whole school. Wow. Uh, and then came over to Bonanza and it was just a whole different atmosphere for me. Like, uh, and I was just kind of socially awkward at the time. And Hardrath, uh, in the springtime, he decided to throw on this uh, walk-a-jog uh, running thing uh-huh. uh, where you run around the playground outside the school and you get like a stamp for that. Um, and he had the mileage uh, of the loop written down. Uh, so he knew exactly how far you went and everything. Um, and so I was just kind of socially awkward. And so that's that's what I decided to do with my time during recess and lunch and stuff. Wow. Um, and that's how I uh, initially initially got into it. Um, and then at the end of the season, Hardrath gave me a uh, Iron Kids medal. Um, and on the back, it like had the distance I had ran uh, during the springtime on it, which I think it was like 64 miles or so. That's awesome. Um, and that just uh, that got me really excited for it. And at that point, I knew I was like, OK, I want to go into uh, track in uh, middle school. Yeah. And. I started doing that and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really liked doing the 1500, but I almost wanted something more like, yeah, I could try and like run it faster, but I was kind of almost more interested in like seeing like how much further I could run. And so that's why I decided, Hmm, it might be interesting to look into longer distance races outside of sports and school. Uh, and so I started looking around and I started like looking at marathons. Um, at the time I was probably a little out of my mind, like thinking, <laughs> <laughs> thinking I was going to run a marathon, but, yeah. uh, I, I ended up signing up for one in, uh, in January, it was the Eugene marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went up to Hardrath and I said, Hey, I signed up for a marathon. I got four months. I want to start training for it. And, uh, he helped me start developing a plan. So that's kind of how I initially started getting into marathon running. That is crazy. Did, were you aware of, of the whole world of marathoning and the, and even ultra, like, I mean, as a kid, like, were you looking on YouTube and watching any of these documentaries or were you just sort of had a vague notion of, I know a marathon is 26.2 and I know Eugene and Portland marathon um, are in my town. Yeah. Very vague, okay. uh, knowledge of a marathon. Um, I didn't, at the time, I didn't even know how far a marathon was. I had just like heard it referenced before, <laughs> uh, as like this long distance, uh, yeah. feat, uh, that people try to attempt to do. And once I started looking into it, I was like, and eh, that doesn't seem like, that doesn't seem too insane. Like yeah. one, once I got to the point where I was able to run like 13 miles nonstop, yeah. uh, at that point I like started gaining confidence and I was like, okay, I can sign up for a marathon and. Actually, at the time, I'm not even sure if I had ran a full wow. at that time. Uh, I, I probably had ran like a good 10-mile run, though, before that, um, whenever I had decided to uh, sign up for a full marathon. It's amazing how relative running is in that regard, where the first time you run a mile, like when, when you did that, uh, you know, the run and jog thing, you're thinking like, you know, if I could run a mile in a day, that'd be great. And then you run a mile, then it's five. And then you, again, you start looking at like mountains in the distance going, I bet I could run there, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. It, it like your whole world shrinks when, again, you can look across at some mountain range and think like, yeah, I could, I could run there <laughs> back. Why not? Yeah. You 
That is awesome. Were your folks runners? Was anyone else in your family? Uh, no. No, just kind of, were it not for the the guidance of a good teacher who and some <laughs> some social <Yeah>. awkwardness? <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Huh. Yeah. Were other kids taking notice? Like, was it was it something that kept you in your own bubble, or was this something that then, like, did it help you kind of break out of your socially awkward uh, personality or, or, um, so what I liked about it and what, like I noticed about my peers at the time was they all thought like I was crazy and insane for trying to do those things. Um, and so I guess at the time I just looked at that as positive feedback from my peers. Um, and so it's cool being a little different. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like being different. I don't like to be normal like everyone else that's, that's awesome kind of boring in my opinion yeah that is awesome <laughs> did you when you were in the in the start shoot at eugene were you looking around for other kids your age did you see many uh i mean technically i wasn't supposed to run the, that race at the time um because i was 14 years old and the minimum age requirement was 16 um wow i didn't you know, I've run athletes for 15 <laughs> years. I don't know that I've ever known of an age limit on a marathon. Huh. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I figured that if they like said anything to me there at the event, then uh, then I might pull off and yeah. run the race by myself or something. Yeah. Uh, but they, they never questioned me or anything. Awesome. I just walked up there and uh, gave them my name and they gave me my bib and everything. And yeah. so I was able to run. Uh, so no, I, d- I didn't see any other, uh, kids in my age bracket. I think the age bracket was like 16 to mm-hmm. like 21 year olds or something. Um, and I really, I could look up the results, but, uh, I, I think I placed relatively okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for considering is- my age. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. And it's got, again, you give you this great boost. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think of the things that I accomplished in eighth grade and, and marathon was not one of them. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it really does show, I mean, you know, teachers often get the, I mean, right now it seems like teachers are such in the crosshairs and having, having somebody like Mr. Hardrath, you know, when, when I interviewed Jason, it was like, I remember thinking to myself, like, I never had a PE coach like you, man. I would have, you know, yeah. it would have been phenomenal. Yeah. So when you, uh, so you do this, you do the marathon. Are you, are like, is this something you had already said that you wanted to run in high school? Was this experience of running a marathon and then, you know, you have a bunch of 400s and 800s and 16s and 32s. Like, did you prefer the longer stuff and the shorter stuff was just sort of what you had to do because that's what was given to you as a track and cross country athlete and you just liked running at this point? Which Um, did you prefer? After middle school um, and after I'd ran that first marathon and a few months later I signed up for the Portland one and I ran that one, I was hyped on long distance running. I wasn't really interested uh, too much in running short distance. Um, really my, my, I was very preferred in, uh, running longer distance. I, I didn't hardly have much interest running shorter distance anymore, but, uh, then I got into high school racing and it was quite a bit different than middle school. And, uh, I learned to really enjoy those distances as well. Got it. It's just completely different than running marathons, but I enjoy both. Yeah. 
Um, and then, so do you, like, when you're running the marathons, when you're doing the shorter distance stuff, what are you, what are you thinking at the time? Like, what is your goal? Are you thinking, because at this point now you have to start being aware of sort of the ultra distance scene and the, you know, like there's a whole world. You're a young guy. I'm sure you're on Instagram and other things. Like you see the whole influencer side of ultras. Is any of this affecting you at all? Or are you just like running purely for the joy of running? What are your future plans for it at this point in high school? Like, are you thinking, wow, I could be like Zach Miller? Or are you just thinking, I'm just trying to go to college and this is just the thing I'm doing in between. It's like just hobby. Yeah. Um, for a while, whenever I was in high school, I got really into running. Um, and I did want to take it into college. Uh, but then I kind of just, uh, things came up senior year and, uh, my focus kind of went elsewhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, It's kind of a means, just a means to an end at, at some point. It's just the thing you're doing at the time, no grand visions, but just like, yep, yeah, I'm just going to keep kind of. Yeah. Anymore. Uh, like I said, uh, before I wanted it to be something great, a greater part of my life anymore. Yeah. I, I kind of just, I want to do it for good health and for the fun of myself. Yeah. Um, I don't really care to do it for other people. And that's how I kind of got into feeling, uh, towards like my junior year is I felt like I was pushing myself because I wanted to get, uh, scholarships. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I just felt like at that point I was almost running for other people rather than just running because I enjoyed running and because I wanted a challenge. Um, that's a, that's a great, it's a great observation. And I, I see that a lot, especially on Instagram with people. And I wonder, because especially a handful of the folks that I've had on the podcast who, you know, I could kind of tell like their personality isn't this sort of Instagram influencer, but it's kind of what you have to do as a professional runner these days in terms of getting yeah. sponsors and that type of thing. And I don't know how you reconcile that if that's not, um, because it's not my personality. Like I, you know, I'll post a handful of pictures every once in a while from a run or whatever, but the idea of, you know, like, you know, Hey, look at me. And you know, this is the stuff that I'm doing. I have done a little bit of it. You know, it's like the podcast was getting off the ground for instance, and immediately, like maybe after a month, I'm so sick of my own stink, you know, from it. It's like, I <laughs> yeah. don't, so I can, I can definitely identify with what you're saying where you start to question why you're doing the things that you're doing as epic as they are. Are you really doing them to make Chris X? the best man that he can be or are you doing it for other reasons yeah i don't know uh like i said in high school it felt like it was starting to become for other reasons yeah. uh, for scholarships um i'm not running as much now as i was in high school mm -hmm. um partly because i just kind of got demotivated like I, I don't have the structure of uh, cross country or track anymore. Yeah. Um, and then COVID's also shut down a lot of races. Um, so that that's part of the reason why I just, I haven't been running too much anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to get back into it and I did, I definitely want to run more marathons. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot more of them, yeah. but it's just kind of been taking a break lately and focusing on other things for the time being. 
That's one of the beauties of running, though, is that you can take those time off, that time off and come back to it and, you know, get yourself fit again and not have to, you know, like you don't you don't lose a lot of skill, like hand-eye skill, obviously, running. And so it's easy yeah. to jump back in. Obviously, you lose fitness. Your story is somewhat similar to um, uh, Jamil Curry, who he and his brothers used to do these ultra runs in high school, which was, you know, like they just kind of happened into it from a local community when you are when you are running these ultras first off like were you in a an ultra community in Oregon or were you like are you seem like you're a little bit more of a of a loner when it comes to you know your training and your running were you in a big group and and with a lot of support uh, no not really um after i ran my first marathon um, I was just like, okay, what's the next biggest challenge I can do? Yeah. Um, and so I started looking at longer distance, uh, events and then Hardrath just, uh, one day he was like, Hey, you want to do this ultra marathon with me? It's a four hour, uh, race where you have 90 minutes to complete a six mile course. Uh, and you just keep doing that every 90 minutes until you quit. Um, I ended up running 36 miles there. But yeah, no, I, I'm not super involved with uh, yeah. any running community. It's kind of always just done it on my own. Maybe that's the reason why I partly uh, stopped running is because it, it just got hard to always motivate myself. Definitely a good thing mm -hmm. to have a community to uh, support you. I, I go but, back I go back and forth on that. I'm a little bit more of a loner. I don't, there's something about like relying on other people or, or probably more importantly, having them rely on me to show up at a certain time and you know, yeah. I, I don't, I've never been into that. I, I kind of do like riding and running, if not yeah. totally alone, maybe with just one other person or whatever. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, let's talk about the 24 hour runs that you did in high school. Um, were those, um, again, kind of coming from marathon Thinking back in eighth grade, you look at the back of this medal, you find out you ran 60 some miles and then you run a marathon. And so in your mind, you know, you like, again, you're still young enough to be somewhat ignorant of how hard a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's exactly, like, yeah, yeah. whatever, <laughs> whatever. So you think about this, this hundred, uh, or 24 hour run each time you went over hundred K or 60, you know, 60 some miles. Um, how were you approaching that? Like, are you is it easy for you? Is it a grind? Are you more of a mentally or a physically good runner? Like, how do you approach at such a young age, which is so crazy? Um, um, I, I think part of it is just like being ignorant to like, <laughs> like what such a difficult task I was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, but other than that, I think it's probably just a lot more mental um just like mentally being able to keep myself going because physically like it, it it didn't seem to like ever ha have any problems with me like physically most of the time I could have kept going it's mm. my mind that starts playing tricks with me and gets me to stop um and that's what I I kind of like really noticed was prevalent in both of the 24-hour runs is I went all day long uh and I was able to uh, keep running all day long but once it became nighttime i just i started to get my body started to get really tired mm. and at that point it was it was still definitely uh it was definitely mental but at that point it was becoming a lot more physical for me uh, a lot more than it had ever been before 
Um, and so that's why during those 24 hour runs, I, I took a big long nap in the middle of the night. <laughs> wow. So let's describe but, the, let's describe that 24 hour run. So you start running what, about six, seven AM, I would assume. I think it was a 9 AM start. Yeah. Okay. And so when you say you ran all day, did you literally like, do you have a, a technique or a strategy? Do you, you know, run a mile, walk a mile? Do you take 30 second um, breaks? Yeah, so that's kind of how I tried to start it out. Like, I was trying to, like, run four miles. Then uh, I'm not spe specifically sure exactly what my strategy was, but, yeah, it was something like that where it's, like, okay. run two miles, uh, walk two miles. So I was trying to add in a lot of walking, too. Mm -hmm. um, but looking back, it, it would have probably been a lot more beneficial to do a lot more walking than I did during the day. Okay. That way I had a lot more energy during the nighttime. Yeah. Uh, but that that's one of the parts about being young and being ignorant about the difficult task is <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> you think that you'll be fine running all day long. <laughs> you know, it's like in a 5k, even a 10k, there's not, there's not a lot to know. I mean, I, you could even argue like a half marathon marathon. You have to start thinking about things like nutrition, but at a half marathon level, you know, a couple of gels will get you through type of thing. And certainly at a 5k, 10k, whatever, there's nothing, there's no other strategy other than race tactics and things. But once you get into those, you know, you're going beyond a couple of hours, you know, like you have to start really, I don't know that there's another way other than experimentation and understanding what your body does under that type of of depletion and stress. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like whenever I was going into it, I didn't know much about nutrition, uh, and how to keep like to, uh, fuel myself for such a long event. Um, whenever I first pulled up to the race, I saw soda sitting at the aid station. I was like, really <laughs> soda this is a race why is there soda there yeah. but then after about like six hours i was like okay soda sounds pretty good right now it's amazing um, yeah and as far as like nutrition went for that race i kind of just ate whenever i felt hungry which was most of the time like every every lap i did uh yeah. which that that's the course is a mile long lap to the same aid station every time i'd pretty much every time be picking up something to eat so okay. i i felt like i was getting enough to eat during the during that without like actually counting my calories or doing anything that i was like probably really supposed to be doing <laughs> so how long but, was the lap uh one mile so you went oh my god you went through that course <laughs> over 60 times yep oh my god you're after that too <laughs> oh my god was it is it a trail race uh yeah it was just uh one mile uh you know where elijah bristow state park is i do not it's just a little bit south of eugene okay uh but that's where it's at it's just this mile long loop um <laughs> oh my god is that part of yeah. the is that part of the draw and like the torture of it is that it's uh no honestly i kind of liked it wow. i felt like it, it would have been harder for me mentally like doing a different uh style ultra marathon where i had to run like six miles without seeing anybody or getting any food or anything i okay. feel like that would have been really mentally draining huh. i felt like i felt like it was really helpful like being able to see an aid station see people know that i have food and stuff every mile you mm. know or yeah every every mile is yeah more food more people so totally, more people to cheer me on totally spoken <laughs> like a true high schooler at the time give me food and <laughs> yeah. people that's all i need 
<laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah, really. Wow, that is crazy. I don't know that I could do that. I don't, man, I don't know. Because it's hard enough, like I do a, um, a loop course near my near my house at Marshall Mesa over near Boulder, and it's a it's like right around 15 miles. And there have been times where I've done parts of the loop twice, um, or even there you can do sort of like a figure eight onto this other path, pass a dowdy draw. And it's like the torture of having to backtrack even for like a mile or two segment and then go on yeah. kills me. So I can't imagine doing that same thing, but you know, there's the, um, uh, what are they called there? Uh, um, I just talked to Ed Heron on Finn who did the, where you do it literally on a track, a quarter mile track, and they're running hundred mile runs on a quarter mile track, <laughs> which is insanity yeah. too. That's crazy. That, that, that'd be pretty rough. Me and Hardrath, I think we were planning on doing that uh, at one point during during uh, last year, during my senior year, we were talking about uh, having like a 24-hour event on the high school track there at Bonanza to yeah. try and raise some money. But wow. I don't think it ever happened because of COVID. COVID, but. yeah. It, Transcendence Run, that's what it's called. Yeah. I know Nick yeah. Simmons does a lot of cool stuff on his track, and I know he does too crazy long stuff but he's a local Oregon boy olympian so um he's been on the podcast as well so go go back to this race um so the sun starts going down what well, like what's going on in your head that makes it so much harder at night is it colder is it like you can't see the aid station you can smell the food but you can't see it like what's going <laughs> on um I don't know, just like really getting in my head about how but like really bad my body was starting to hurt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just how how bad my body was hurting, how tired I felt, like I just felt so exhausted. Um, but it, it wasn't until uh, I called Hardrath. It was pretty late at night. I think it was like ten or eleven o'clock. I wasn't even sure if he was going to answer. Yeah, might have even been like twelve. Mm. Uh, and we had talked earlier, and I was like. But whenever I talked to him on the phone, I was like, dude, I'm drained. Like, I'm so freaking tired. I need to stop. Uh, and then, like, he just, like, he helped me go over, like, thinking about different parts of my body. He was just like, how do your legs feel? And, like, okay, is that really so bad? Like, and just, like, like different ways of thinking about things uh, that got me to think less about the pain. Um, and then also I was taking, uh, ibuprofen, which I've never taken that before. So mm -hmm. I'm sure it had probably stronger effects on me. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah. Was it, was it helping to eat? Cause I, I, I paced a guy at Leadville, um, in the hundred and I remember it was probably around midnight and we came through this clearing and there was the aid station and they had these like cups of hot potatoes and we were both like, I, you know, it was just late for me. I, I had only probably been running 10 miles at that point. Um, but man, like those hot salty potatoes were just exactly what this guy needed to just perk right up. Was it like, were you, were you finding that the aid station were there times when you were perking back up? Obviously, you made it through the night, but like, um, what was helping? What got you through that would, or was it just a grind all night until the sun came up? Uh, well, like I said, uh, during both the 24 hour events, I didn't uh, run all night long. Okay, so you um, just slept for good chunks. Yeah, during the first one, I slept, I believe, from like one or two o'clock until like, six o'clock in the morning so okay. i slept for like five or six hours during that one 
during the second one, I slept even longer. That was, that was kind of worse. <laughs> I was, I was so tired and just, uh, I slept like eight hours at that one. But, uh, no. So during the first one, I, I did sleep for like six hours. Um, so I, I guess I would, I, I wasn't able to, uh, yeah. <laughs> overcome that. Yeah. What it, that feeling of running through the night and, do you want to do more of those? Uh, yeah. Uh, eventually. Would, um, would you rather, I, I, would you rather do one where it was like, like a hundred miler where it might take you 36 hours or would, or do you like the finite nature of the 24 hour window? Um, I don't know. Like I definitely like to experiment with other, uh, ultra marathons and, uh, try them out, but I just, I really like the format of that one, uh, for like beginning. Um, so long as you can get past like the mental aspect of you're running the same mile 69, 70 times or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I like that kind of format, but I am interested in getting into, uh, other different types of formats of, uh, ultra marathons, but really I, I see myself, uh, going more into, uh, just full marathons for a yeah. while, yeah. maybe even playing around with a uh, half marathons okay. because I, I, I ran a exceptionally well half marathon, uh, during the off season between, uh, cross country and track, um, just kind of out of nowhere. And I've never really like tried to train for the half marathon. So yeah. I kind of want to see what's there with that, but no, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely want to get yeah. into other ultra marathons. Yeah, I like the half marathon distance because you can, like the marathon, and I've only run that distance in training, but it's such about conservation. And then, yeah, like the um, 5K and 10K are also fun distance. Like I like 5K and half marathon are two my two favorite distances to run. And half marathon, because it's got a good distance, but you can push pretty damn hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What was your time? Do you remember? Uh, it was one twenty. I think it was one twenty forty-seven or something. Okay. Uh, it it was probably like a good twenty minutes faster than my PR. Uh, I went. It was it was a weird race. It was up in Eugene. It was kind of a smaller one. It was called like the Holiday Half Marathon. Okay. Uh, during December, um, and I started out, and it was just after I just got done with uh, cross country. Um, and I started out way too fast. I knew I was going too fast. I was like, this is like almost my 5k speed. I shouldn't be going this fast. Um, but then I, I kind of just started with that and I started following the other guys and I was thinking, man, like they're going so fast. And I, I noticed like they went off way quick at the beginning, but I noticed they were slowly starting to come back to me. Um, and so I, I didn't think that I was going to be able to keep that speed throughout the whole race. Uh, but then at that point I was just like, all right, let's just try and hold this pace for as long as we possibly can and just like see what we can make out of it. Yeah. Um, and I did that and the motivation of like slowly creeping up on people and passing them. Uh, and the fact that there were only like five people ahead of me, uh, it motivated me to go faster um and yeah i mean just after coming off a cross country season i was in pretty good shape and so did you took ended up yet you took second overall yeah 
You were, yeah, it was a 120-45. You were second overall, second male, first in your age group, 15 to 19. Damn, you smashed it. Nicely done. Yeah, and, and like I said, that was just in the off-season. So I, I feel like if I really train for a half marathon specifically, I feel like I could get that easily below 115. Were you were you training this distance at the time? Were you or was it just kind of happenstance? Uh, no, I was training for the five k and cross country. Uh, mm. So that that's what that's why I said whenever I went out, I went out way too fast. Yeah. Like for for a half marathon, like I was going out like nearly. I mean, that, still a little bit slower than my five yeah. k speed, but it just it felt like it was really fast. <laughs> You're a young man at the time. You could. Uh... Well, you still are a young man, but you're certainly younger <laughs> at the time. So you're 17, it looks like, in that race. That's what it says on Athlinks. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is awesome. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I'm just looking through some of your other results on here. And, you know, I mean, it's it's super cool to see, like, where it all started with this little, you know, kind of like, ah, I don't feel like sitting with other kids at lunch. I'm going to go do this challenge. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Yeah. It is. What was what was Hardrath like as a as a teacher? Would is he just PE or does he does he have classroom stuff? Uh, he I was in his health class uh, during like my freshman year, um, but then after after that uh, he switched to just elementary. Okay. Um, elementary PE, and I lost him entirely. Got it. Uh, but. What are people's They're perceptions from, of him on campus? If they thought you were crazy, they must have thought he was like certifiable serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely always thought he was super crazy. Like he'd, uh, I remember uh, being in like elementary, and he'd always bring in his medals from his races, and that that's also what got me into it and started motivating me. And I did, I just thought like, wow, like how is this guy teaching at our school? Like he is a world <laughs> champion and he's our PE teacher. That's what so the funny. heck? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, he, he was, he's definitely a good, good, good teacher. Yeah. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now without him. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, what does it mean to have a teacher like that when, you know, he, he kind of described the school that he, teaches that and that you went to and you came from an even smaller sort of rural school at the time so um like in a community like that so describe bonanza and uh kind of the the i guess the surroundings and the type of people that go there and stuff um i don't know i think bonanza overall has a lot of good teachers um they all mostly do care about all the students uh but Hardrath was just one that kind of like took that like extra step and that extra mile to like, hey, let's do something outside yeah. of like school. Let's run up a marathon. Let's run up McLaughlin. Let's run up Shasta. Let's yeah. do an ultra marathon. Um, so he was definitely the one that like took it outside of just like the teacher student relationship. But uh, I, I'd still definitely say that uh, all the teachers there yeah. at Bonanza are really good teachers that care about their students. Yeah, it's amazing when I, I look at the stuff that he's doing with the the podcast and he does a bunch of live stuff. He does, you know, an FKT every other week. He's got teaching. It's like the guy's energy. It's got to be <laughs> contagious to the other students. Yeah. And letting them know what they can accomplish if they just put in a little bit of effort. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's what it was for me is 
I, seeing someone else and what they were able to accomplish, like it just put things in perspective for what like I could accomplish myself. That is awesome. So, yeah, yeah. What um, what's gonna what is it what is it gonna take to get you back into running now? You've got this half marathon goal in your mind. What uh, um, is it? Just a matter of kind of like carving out some time. You got summer coming up now. So where are you going to college, by the way? Where did you go? Uh, I'm going up here at OIT. Okay. So is it just a matter of kind of getting getting your schedule freed up a little bit, or no? That that's not so much it. Like I never believe that I never have time to run. Like it doesn't take that much time to get a run in. (laughs) Um, it's just, I've been being lazy, but I, I have been, uh, run again. And I, I definitely want to like get, uh, get back into daily running because over the summer, I would definitely want to go up a bunch of mountains around the area, like South sisters, McLaughlin, definitely like to go up Shasta again, but probably go up that with hard rest if I went up it. Um, I, I just definitely want to get into uh, exploring some mountains again this summer. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully races and things will be opening up again this summer, maybe, maybe next fall or it's so. Looking, yeah, it's looking good. <laughs> it's looking good. I mean, there's a, we, you know, anecdotally, we're, we are seeing definitely an increase in racing. Obviously, the races are smaller, but, um, yeah. but the races themselves seem to be coming back. So that's, that is a, definitely a good sign. Yeah, I was actually just looking on uh, a site the other day, looking up races to sign up for, because that's that's really what always motivates me. Whenever like I I or in the past, what's motivated me is whenever I get out of running, just sign up for a race, and then that kind of forces me to train either that or I'm gonna have a real suffer fest through real the bad race. Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah like that that's exactly what i did with the santa rosa marathon you could probably see on there i have a, a really terrible time for that that was like my worst <laughs> marathon time it was because it was 425 yeah uh that was that was almost slower than my first marathon uh but it was just because like i had gotten out of running over the summer um and i signed up for that race and i didn't do much training up until it i trained for like a month before it maybe um and yeah the first half of it went pretty well but <laughs> second half was a uh, pretty pretty rough um it's so funny <laughs> there's so many people i'm sure listening they're like wait a second you ran a 425 off a month of training like thanks dude <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know I'm it's not the time you comparing, want but you know comparing it's a, it comparing yeah, it to myself 100 percent, 100 percent. it's again Running is so relative and, and for some 425 is a gold medal performance for others. It's like the worst day of your life. So, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I, time is like, so I consider that so like, so irrelevant, like between people. Cause it's like, everyone's working towards their own special times and stuff. Yeah. And okay. Okay. Uh, three thirty for me, like, I don't know, that could be the equivalent for a four thirty for someone else, but. Totally. It, it doesn't it doesn't take away anything from the fact that they're still running the marathon they're still training and working hard for it themselves and that that's their goal so yeah but. no that's a great point i mean we're all given you know born with and and you know like we all have a different starting point from this you know craziness yeah. what does running mean to you like what does it do for you when you like right now in this lull where you're not running a lot you must sense a difference in whether it's your 
mental state or emotional state or physical state, like what, with when you're running and you're at your, your running best versus now, like what do you miss most? What does, what do you think running really means to you mentally and physically and emotionally? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of a hard question. Um, now, I don't know. It, it seems like, I, I don't know before I just, it was always just something to do every day. Yeah. Um, and so I did it. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to answer that question. Yeah, no, wor- no worries. Um, no problem. Do you find that, like, are you a cerebral runner? Do you do a lot of thinking when you're running, or is it your time to kind of just zone out and not do a lot of thinking? Um, I think it depends on the time, uh, if I have a lot on my mind. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's more what it is anymore, uh, is I'm running more whenever I have things on my mind that I want to get off. Um, but whenever I was, like, running on a daily basis, like, I don't know. I felt like sometimes I'd run out of things to think about. So yeah, you kind of just had to zone out sometimes, but I don't know, even whenever I'm zoning out, I feel like I'm still like subconsciously like thinking of things and yeah, it's it's, for me, that is when, uh, like if I have a, so, you know, software engineer is my background. And so like when I have a thing that I just can't figure out, I either take a shower or I go for a run and both like it won't matter how long I stare at a screen. If I go for a run or I take a shower, I I will figure the problem out. Like there's just <laughs> something about like my brain that just goes free when I'm especially running is, and it's probably just cause I, I don't know that I've ever taken a four hour shower, <laughs> but like when I'm running, it just, there's something and it's what you just described. It's when you get to that point where you're sort of done thinking and your mind just sort of goes off into the distance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, I don't know. That's my, that's my favorite thing about running is, and it's interesting. Like I find it fascinating to look at and you, and you're going through it right now and I've gone through it, but the, like when you have cross country and track, when you're made to run, it's scheduled and that's what it is versus now where you have to make a very conscious decision as to when to run and then understanding what, what are those times? What are the motivators that makes me change my daily behavior and gets me out on a training run or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're asking me, like, what is it that gets me out? Yeah. I'm kind of pointing out the fact that like, it's a good, time for introspection to try to figure out what are the motivators that like, what are the catalysts for getting you to run? And then I'm asking, have you, have you identified what those catalysts are? And like, do you notice a time you just said sort of like when you've, when you've got things on your mind is when you're more apt to go for a run. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's probably my struggle anymore is that I don't have as many motivators to get me out and to go run. Um, I've noticed that like running in the morning is way better than trying to run at night. Um, Mm. Just, I don't know. I I think about it during the day and thinking about like, Oh, I still have to run. I have to go for a run. And that's a bad state to get into thinking, Oh, I have to run rather than wake up in the morning and, 
go for a run and then you feel good all day because you went for a run. Um, it's interesting but, how I that mean, works, right? Because it's it's the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, getting out of bed thinking, oh, I got to go for a run versus going, you know, like you're right. You do have all day to think about the, and you let other things pile in. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm better. I'm unfortunately, and I think it comes from like my years of wrestling. My long runs were always for weight loss at the after practice. So I'd in practice, I'd eat a little bit and then I'd go for long runs at night. So I just, I got into this habit of running at night and I love running at night and I freaking hate waking up early to go for a run. I just, I hate getting out of bed to go for a run. It's terrible. And I know what you just said. I'm going to feel a (laughs) thousand times better if I just do it in the morning. And I just cannot find the motivation to get out of that bed. (laughs) Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I I know what you mean. I do that sometimes too. Yeah. It's awful don't want to do it all day long and then push it off in the afternoon. But I don't know if if that's when your schedule works up and works out and that's when you're like doing it on a daily basis and stuff, then that's different. But if you're in my situation and you're just kind of running here and there anymore, it's, it's not so good to just push it off until late in the day. Yeah. I'm thinking about it all day long and thinking, Oh, I need to go for a run. And then if I don't, then I feel disappointed in myself or, yeah. Yeah, you make a bad right. decision at lunch or something like that, and then all of a sudden it kills your run later because yeah. you know, like you ate the wrong thing or whatever. But so I, I get it, and it's uh, you know, the cool thing about running again is at your age, like yeah, you're in a lull, but you'll get, you can come back to it at any time. It's not like, oh, it's not softball season or you know lacrosse yeah. or whatever, you know, where you have to wait. It's just, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times where I've, I've let it slide for a year at a time and, and just come back yeah. to it and, and things. And, you know, listening to your body and understanding when there's a time when that there's a reason why you're taking that lull for whatever it is, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it's mainly just because I've had other focuses, uh, other, other things. See, like you asked what, what motivated me to, uh, to want to run every day. It was just the fact that like I was, running to run a marathon or I was running to run an ultra or I was running to improve my times. It was always like running to improve myself and, uh, those ways. But lately it's just, I've, I've been in this, I, I, I can't think of the word, but I've just been like trying to just save money and that's been my main goal and my main focus. Yep. Um, and so that kind of like replaced the focus of trying to run longer distances or run faster, uh, for the time being. Yeah. Um, but hope, hopefully like once I buy a house that, yeah. that, mo- that motivation will get out of the way and then I'll have to find something else to get more focused on to, uh, get me motivated about things again. <laughs> so what's but, the, what's the mental gymnastic there? Is it that like running takes a certain amount of money to go enter races and, you know, burn through shoes if you're training for a marathon and stuff, or is it just the focus side of, I want to work and I want to do these other things? Yeah. Just the focus side, just, I want to work. I want to like work all, all the time, anytime I can to make money and to save money anytime I can. And yeah. w- well, I, I feel encouraged and I feel motivated that I am doing that. And so that's enough for yeah. me. It, it, it almost feels like I don't, I don't need that extra motivation to go do other things and that 
that feel good feeling because I'm already getting it somewhere else from work going out and working and saving money. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. But, that's interesting. So you're so you're on full ride scholarship in college. You are working your ass off to buy a school or buy a buy a house. All we hear about today are these, you know, kids that graduate with, you know, like crushing student debt. They can't get out from under it. And I, you know, as a father of two about to be college age students, like I I look at a lot of that stuff and think, yes, college tuition is out of control. However, I know plenty of people and I will count now you amongst them, who, if you make the right decisions, there is a way to, you know, sort of manage this process. And in your case, it was working your ass off all through high school and getting a 4.0 and, and getting a good good uh, scholarship. But it's also, you know, you could still be going into debt by not working and by, you know, taking out student loans to, to um, supplement your lifestyle, right? So... Yeah, and... I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think lots of young people, they don't like think too much about like school because going out of state, that's so much more expensive. That's yeah. something I chose not to do. Um, and just staying close to home that way I don't have to pay for housing yeah. at school on campus because that's like ridiculously expensive. Like if you think about it at OIT, it's like $10,000 a year. You don't even get to live there during the summer or even the winter months. So let's say it's nine months. That comes out to about $1,100 in rent that you're paying to live in a tiny little studio apartment with someone else sharing <laughs> bathrooms. Yes. And it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. It doesn't sound really worth it to me. So Yeah. Well, look, I, I grew up in the <laughs> 80s where like there were so many great college movies that made that whole thing seem so awesome yeah. and, you know, amazing. And the, that's the reality. Like I used to go up and visit my brother at uh, NAU, Northern Arizona, and I'm like, dude, I mean, like I want to murder people all day that I come in contact with for 10 minutes at a time. I cannot imagine having a roommate in like a in a one room where you're smelling yeah. their farts and you got to deal with their mess and everything else. Like I'd, I'd <laughs> kill somebody. I could never do it. I could never do it. And, and you're paying more in rent there than you would somewhere else. That's most right. Likely. Oh, that's absolutely, <laughs> that's absolutely right. Well, that's awesome. That's it's, it's, but, but yeah, I, I definitely like know what you mean. Like that whole like atmosphere of college. And I, I do definitely feel like I'm missing out on that a lot. Uh, by choosing just to go to this small school here in my hometown um, and to not live on campus, I do feel like I'm limiting my opportunities uh, a lot more. But I don't know. I I feel like if I can like get way ahead in life over the next four years, it'll yeah. well be worth it because I'll be able, I'll have a lot more options and things to do after college. Hey, there's a uh, lot, there's a lot of people who are still making payments 20 years later on the awesome time they had in college, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I don't know. Like I, I, I don't see how anyone pays so much for tuition. Like if you just go in state, you don't live on campus and you like work your butt off for scholarships and then you work your butt off outside of that just for a job. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, too many people really should come out that deep in debt. Uh, cause yeah. like, even if I, even if I wouldn't have got my full ride scholarship, I had already gotten a bunch of other scholarships. I was yeah. going to pay for most of my tuition and the rest of it, I would have fully covered myself by working. But 
I was fortunate enough to get that. And so now I can save for other things. Where do you get that from your folks or do you like, where do you find, were you always like this? I know Jason, (laughs) Jason said, uh, ask him about the pendant story. Pendant. Yeah. You sold some pendants at a, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that was kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, it was my junior year of high school, uh, for nationals for FBLA. Uh, what's what's FBLA? Uh, future business leaders of America. Okay. Uh, and so I made it to nationals and we went to the competition in San Antonio, Texas. And at the competition, there's this pen trading that goes on. Uh, so whenever you get to the competition, every student gets like five of their own state pens. So like I got five Oregon pens. Uh, and what you do is you take those pens and you go out and you trade them around and mm. you try and get other pens. Got it. Uh, well, during that, uh, couple of days of the competition, I went around trading pens like crazy. And there's these really, uh, rare Panda, uh, China pens, mm-hmm. um, that people would go nuts for people paid actual cash for them. <laughs> um, and I was able to get my hands on like three of those suckers and <laughs> I made like 150 bucks. Uh, looking back now, like 150 bucks in a couple days, eh, not that great. But I mean, at the time, like I was a high schooler, 150 bucks. That was pretty good. <laughs> did they, did you get but, in any trouble for that? Uh, no, okay. like, I mean, that, that's the whole point of the yeah. pin trading is to trade them around and everything. Okay. Uh, so it, does, it doesn't always have to be a one-to-one. You can get, hey, I'll trade you one of my Californias for yeah. your... Uh, and that's that's the whole thing of it is like the less people that come from the state, yeah. the more rare the pens are Got it. and the more sought after they are Good. and the more valuable they are. So you can trade two pens for one. And that's, yeah. that's kind of how I was doing it. I was trying to get as many trades from one pen to two. Yeah. And that way I could trade those twos for... Uh, other ones that were more valuable Perfect. and then take those take those ones and trade them for other twos <laughs> that's, uh, but... that's totally fbla though it's future business leaders yeah. that's like what you want your guys doing that's it yeah have you so... ever seen like the red paper clip are you familiar with that uh-uh. it might be slightly before your time it was the early internet days it was probably at the late 90s where it started where one guy started with a red paper clip and he traded it he ultimately ended up with a house and so it was like the paperclip became a stapler. Oh, we just lost him. You back? Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, I got a call coming in and oh. kind of messed up the, the whole thing for a second. Okay. Anyway, no worries. Uh, what was that? <laughs> so this guy takes this red paperclip and then he just traded it over and over. And so he took the red paperclip, he traded it for like a matchbox car, let's say. And then the matchbox car became a soccer ball. And then the soccer ball became... Yeah. And so he went from yeah. the red paperclip to a house. He got like a, <laughs> month, a month rental on a house, which is just, you know, like a dumb thing, but it was just like an early, cool internet lore type of thing. Yeah. Right? That kind of reminds me of that. So well, that's awesome. Well, we do a little thing here on uh, t- uh, on the podcast called the 10 Question Dash. You want to answer some questions and uh, let people get to know you a little bit? Better? Sure. All right, cool. Here we go. All right, we're going to crank a little theme music here. All right, so gear-wise, what uh, what's your favorite running shoe? Do you jump around or are you brand loyal? Um, 
I'm just going to say Nike. That's what I wear most of the time, but I know it's not the best running brand. <laughs> you know, uh, funny story is I, I accidentally, I guess, so they, I flew to Paris for business. They lost my luggage and I needed to go for a run. And there were, I could not find a specialty running store anywhere. And I was an ASICs guy forever. And, um, so I ended up, I ended up at a Nike town or Nike store or whatever. And I bought the cheapest pair of Nikes. Cause I was literally just planning on throwing them in the Seine or whatever river runs through Paris. Cause I was like, I just don't like Nike shoes. And so I wasn't, I ended up having the best run of my life and I've been a Nike loyalist for like last <laughs> eight years because of that. So don't knock them. I, you know, they make some great shoes. I don't mind them. Yeah. You know, stay out of the politics of all of it. And you know, hey, whatever fits your feet and like, you know, it's a, uh, it's so personal anyway. All right. So we'll give you a, a ding for the Nikes. Uh, so your next race, do you have anything in your mind yet? Or are you just still sort of trying to get to the house thing settled? Um, yeah, I, I I don't know about uh, specifically my next race uh, because I'm not sure of what races are opening yeah. open right now. Um, I will say probably my next adventure I do is probably going to be South Sisters. I'm probably going to run up that here in the next couple weeks. Okay, going to try and get a group of friends together to go up with uh, go up it with me. Cool, but you, you should try to uh, like horn in on uh, Hardrath's hundred f hundredth FKT. I think he's at ninety seven <laughs> right now. So. So you should you should just <laughs> just uh, jump in on one of those. Uh, do you have like a favorite sports book or movie? You're in the land of Prefontaine there. Uh, um, but anything. Like... Uh, so a book I read during my junior year, whenever I was uh, training pretty hard for track, it was "How Bad Do You Want It." Okay. By, uh, I, I I forget the author's name. I think it's Fitz something. Um, Matt Fitzgerald. I, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's cool. It. I have not read that. I've read some of his other stuff. I'll have to read that one. Cool. I'll include some links in the show notes. What is what's your favorite race that you've done so far? Um, overall, I really like the Eugene Marathon. Um, I really want to do that again. I haven't been able to do that again because I've always been uh, in training for mm. track uh, during that time. Um, but I. I'd say like my overall favorite race is probably that holiday half marathon okay. uh, because of just how well things went yeah. kind of unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that works <laughs> <laughs> when the stars align, that becomes your favorite race. What's your bucket <laughs> list race? What's the, what's the race that you just put out there? It's on your little dream board or, you know, sticky note in the bathroom. Uh, Boston. Boston. Um, <laughs> But that that wasn't necessarily like a sticky note one. That was one I kind of like wanted to be real uh, here and like really I wanted to do it as soon as like I got out of college uh, or got out of high school. Uh, but then COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe once that opens back up to where it's not just virtual, um, that'll be back on my bucket list for one to do. Yeah. You are not the first to list Boston as their bucket list race. Uh, are you? Do you like listening to music when you run? Yeah. All right. You're, I'm sure I will not have heard of any of the bands that you're about to mention, but what is your home stretch song or band on your playlist? Like, what's that go-to, I need that pick-me-up? Um, lose Yourself, Eminem. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's good. I think you're the <laughs> second or third person to list that one. That's yeah, good. that's a... 
pretty good one. Yeah. What's the most embarrassing song on that playlist? Um, love it. What's love? Uh, it? I'd have to look it up to know the author. Um, oh, my phone's right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. We'll look it up. I'll I'll put a I'll put a link in the show note too. So all right, we'll love it. What's your, what's your, uh, you have like a, just a, a failure story in a race. You just absolutely ate it and hated it. And... Um, yeah, a few of those. Um, I'm trying to think of a good one, but the one that I can really think of, uh, was this, I think it was a 30 K I signed up for the uh, more mountain 30 K. Um, and it, it was during us the summertime and it was super smoky that year. Uh, and I started out and I got like three miles through it and I was just, my head, I was starting to get a massive headache. Wow. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was because of the smoke. Um, really at that point I knew I could have kept going, but I didn't think I was going to be able to make it through the full race. And so at that point I was just like, hey, you know what? I just, I don't, I'm not feeling it today. I'm, I'm done. Uh, but that's yeah, a bummer. That was, it's a bummer to drop out. So I had a friend who did uh, Leadville Heavy Half. It's only 15 miles, but I passed her like, uh, I think she dropped out at like two miles, just like altitude sickness just was killing her. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, do you have any pre-race rituals or superstitions? Um, no, not too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did, I do have, I did have a specific routine. I did, uh, like back, uh, whenever I was running in high school, uh, but no superstitions, no really. No worries. Living or dead, who would you most like to do a long run with? Besides Jason Hardreth. Prefontaine. There you go. I think <laughs> Jason, Jason might've said pre, I think. I think it's an Oregon thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Final question. What is the secret? You're a young man to, to know the, to the answer to this question, but give me your answer to the secret. I don't know what the answer to the secret is. I'm trying to figure that out myself. That's a good answer too. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that answer at all. Nothing wrong. Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me on this Saturday. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Where can people do you are you uh, looking for more followers on Instagram or anything? Where where can people find you if they want to ask you any questions or anything? Um, you can follow me on my Instagram. It's Chris underscore Eck underscore. But I don't know. I, I never really post <laughs> on there. Uh, there's a few pictures that I posted from like previous races I had done, uh, but I, I never really post on there. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Uh, too. If if you want to add it, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Well, if you have any questions for Chris, you can you can send them to me. You can send them to him, and uh, we will get them back. Uh, get get you an answer back, um, dude. Best of luck, man. I I really have enjoyed spending some time with you again. I think your your generation takes a lot of grief, and I I seem to always encounter people of your generation who are doing epic and cool and and. Um, just awesome stuff. So keep it up. Keep, keep, uh, keep, keep that discipline and, uh, keep staying a little bit weird, man. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good to be a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool, man. 
And that is the show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. I am Troy Bousseau. Thanks again to Chris Eck for joining us. We do a special post for each episode on Instagram, so look out for the post for episode 41 with a picture of Chris. If you have any comments or questions, you can shoot me a message. Uh, I am at Troy Bousseau, or you can shoot us an email to podcast at athlinks.com. Share it with friends far and wide. Give us a rating and a review if you dig it. And until next time, happy racing, everybody. I am the best. <laughs>